Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, and I'm sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and actually um, I'm sitting in the French Catholic Cafe. We're still here in Lourdes, France, I'm joined again with uh, my co-host, Robert Hutton. Robert, how you doing? Uh, doing great, Deacon Jeff. Bonjour. Well, I'll tell you what, Robert, we're going to school today. Oh, really? Yeah, we're going to go, we're going to learn a little bit, but we're really, the, the, the play on words, school, is we're going to talk about schools, more specifically about Catholic schools. Oh, good. I went to a Catholic school. And I can tell. Okay. Uh, except you're doing the sign of the cross backwards. Oh, that's right. No, I'm just... <laughs> that's because I, I didn't get a higher education. I did that's not go right. to a well, Catholic we'll, college. Well, let's talk about Catholic colleges. Okay, in good. fact, to do that, we, we brought in... Um, we were going to call him an expert. He's a much humbler man than that. He won't call himself an expert. But who we have here is Lawrence McCarty, and we're going to call you uh, Laurie, if that's okay, Lawrence. That's just fine. I don't always do that, but you tell us it's Laurie, and so we want to... We're all friends here at the Catholic Cafe. Okay. Uh, well, so welcome to the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, Laura. Well, I'm getting used to it, but it's uh, it's it's plush, I have to say. It's very fancy. It's it very will. fancy. Laurie is a chairman of the board and chairman emeritus of the Cardinal Newman Society. Many people have heard about that. And also past chairman of the board for Christendom College. So we think he's an expert, Robert. There, I think we couldn't get anyone better to talk about Catholic higher education. Right. So here's what we're going to talk about, uh, Laurie. Let's start off, first of all, just in general, for the folks listening, why is a Catholic education important, especially in the, in the higher education realm? Well, uh, Deacon Jeff, it may sound awfully uh, fundamental and, and sentimental even, but if you, one spends any time thinking about why they're actually here and why, where they're actually going from a Catholic perspective, they have to quickly come to the conclusion that they need to know all they can about their faith because the faith is the only guaranteed way to pass through the difficult world that we're in. And Catholic education has always been the way that it was done most effectively, and it's the way it should be being done today. Hence, it's time to emphasize uh, the presentation of Catholic education, higher education, as it ought to be. And, and I think everybody would know from my little background uh, that we don't think that that is necessarily the case today. Well, certainly I think everyone would agree that it's important that if you're going to go to a Catholic school, that basically you get what's advertised, right? I mean, because, uh, and, and that's the concern I think a lot of parents have um, have asked me or talked to me about, well, what's a good school and what's not a good school and what makes it a good school and what makes it a bad school? And we're not talking so much about good and bad schools here. We're just talking about the faith. You, you said that it's important that um, if, if, uh, if Christ left us a church, right, and that church teaches something, teaches what Jesus revealed to us, then it would be make sense, obviously, that the Catholic school, being called Catholic, would, would teach that same faith, would it not? It absolutely would. I'm thinking uh, my late father many years ago telling me very firmly that you are going to go to a Catholic school, a Catholic high school, and a Catholic college. Why is that, Dad? Uh, because you have to save your soul. And that was it. And I first, when he first said things like that to me, I thought, well, you know, he's an old guy. What could he, <laughs> what could he possibly know about it? But, of course, that's exactly correct. And uh, Catholic education today, um, it has to be said in, in truth, simply doesn't do that. It simply doesn't. We have 
Deacon Jeff, we have, and you've seen them, I'm sure, examples of, uh, of polling that has been uh, uh, demonstrates the kind of uh, changes that take place in so-called Catholic colleges from the time young folks come in as freshmen to the time they graduate. And on basic principles of the creed and high, highly visible moral uh, teachings of the church, in many, many, many instances, people adhere to them less when they graduate than they did when they came through the door. Now, that is not that is not the ticket to eternal life, and you have to keep in mind if you're a parent that you have paid, in effect, huge money in many, many cases to distort the correct ideas that your children should have. Your dad was obviously a very wise man. Uh, that we're going we're going to uh, the school, a Catholic school, because we, we because the salvation aspect of things is is of primal importance. And, and, and so often people will choose a school because it's going to yield some uh, other earthly uh, thing like a, a better job or higher paying job or they're going to meet the right uh, woman or man, that kind of thing. It's very uh, uh, conventional wisdom to believe that that's the case. And I mean, we, all of us at one stage or another have, have or are about, to, are about to put kids into college. And you still have an old-fashioned idea that the colleges, as it's represented in the movies, on television or in some some uh, you know, happy book that you might have read many many years ago, or even your own experience, it isn't. You don't uh, you don't have that sort of thing when you go there today. So really, you should ask yourself, why am I putting out money, any money, for right. something that doesn't deliver anything like the product that I need? And there's a second thing, if I can add it, more and more studies have shown that it really doesn't matter where you get your education. Now, sure, a, a, a big uh, top-level, high-visibility, say, Ivy League institution, if you're a top graduate, it's going to make a difference for you. But if you're just an ordinary, well-educated uh, product of that university, if you look five years out in the job market, not today, of course, today is an exception because of the terrible economic times we have, people from any college who have gone into the marketplace will have done as well or eclipsed what the people with the so-called high pedigree educations have. It just isn't, it's not a guarantee. So the people who are making up their minds based on that, I, I think they should do some more thinking. And so, right, if it's not a guarantee that you're going to get that better job or you're going to end up being a, this wonderful success, uh, right, then maybe we need to focus on the right things. Well, Deacon, we always should. But the temptation to say for your kids that if I send them to XYZ, they will definitely be able to have a, uh, you know, a six-figure job six weeks after they graduate, that's a big temptation. You know, and I think I would even go so far from my own personal experience to say that even if it's a good school in terms of yielding um, high-paying jobs, right, even if it's got a, a wonderful track record, I'm, I'm going to put it out there and say that you're still not going to have that that life that you're expecting to have if you don't have that faith background. No, it's a terror. It's a, I have the faith background, 20 years of Catholic education at a time when it was all very, very solid. But no, it's a very unhappy life that you're destined to if, if all you have picked up are the, uh, the contemporary winds of uh, secular education and try to put them uh, to use as, a, as a, a way to earn your way through life. You may make some money, but you may, not, you may find out. And I have lived through this. It didn't happen to me. But where uh, men and women who became professionals or went into business and were determined that they were going to be very high up, you know, that's what was their ambition, they got into their 40s, into their 50s, and they were dismally upset and unhappy with the lives that they were leading. They had, of course, nothing to fall back on. Now, if you had a solid Catholic education, 
the kind that I would think was solid, you still could wind up in that position in any kind of secular work as a lawyer or as a, as a doctor, doing something you hated, but you had to do it because you had to support your family and live your life. But if you have the faith, it doesn't, it doesn't make that well, much how, difference. Obviously, you know, we read our scriptures and, we, and we, we realize that if we build our house on the sandy foundation, there's going to be problems. But when we build our, our, our life on the rock of Christ Jesus and the rock of the church, we're, we're going to be better suited for dealing with those storms that are going to buffet the house. Absolutely correct. And, and things in life that seem so perplexing and, and do so much unhappiness for most people are uh, explained by the church. They're explained in terms of, of, of your religious conviction, why, the, why there is a church, why, why Christ died for sin, why, why uh, God appeared to Moses. I mean, it all hangs together very nicely. And when you compare your own circumstances with those that... Uh, Let's say that the Jews had wandering around for 40 years in the desert. You say, well, it's not too bad. You know, I could live with this. I understand what God's plan might be for me. But total secular, they don't have it. And it's, I think people who are Catholics and who want to have their kids live happy lives should keep that in mind and make wiser choices. Well, I think that truly faith-filled education is going to bring... The word that com- comes to mind is really hope. Even in the, in the uh, situations where you've got the, the storms in your life, you're going to have that sense of hope because of that faith. So a faith-filled Catholic education is going to give you hope, and that's and that's a good thing to have. Uh, obviously, as you're as you're saying, going through life. So I think we all agree that uh, it would be good that we all get a good Catholic education. I think we all sitting around our luxurious corner booth here agree with that. But Lori, the problem is, I think a lot of folks are not really sure that they're getting a good Catholic education. You see the word Catholic in the in the name of the school, and so you assume or a wonderful saint. Right. But are you always getting that? And I think you you alluded at the beginning that most of the time you're not. And that's something we just want to talk about and see what what your experience has been there. Well, you know, you, you Deacon, you might say that this is special pleading on behalf of uh, the, the Cardinal Newman Society or Christendom College, which consciously try to be uh, orthodox and faithful to the, the teachings of the church and so forth. But the, the grim fact is even a superficial analysis of what's put out in so-called Catholic colleges would show that they are not getting it. They are not even offering it. Well, how does that manifest itself? What are you seeing? Is it, is it simply that they're ignoring uh, the catechism of the Catholic Church and they don't teach from it? Or is it because they're bringing in certain elements uh, and exposing kids to things that maybe aren't appropriate? In, or is it a combination? They're, it's a combination. The first, the first source would be they are not hewing to the Catholic the, uh, let's say the catechism of the Catholic Church. On the college level, you wouldn't teach it at the catechism level. But uh, so many of the things that the, uh, that the Church insists upon and has taught for 2,000 years are simply abandoned. And the second thing is there is, uh, hmm, there is an, att- an attempt to be a secular hip, I will put it. The Catholic, large Catholic universities, which have taken uh, huge amounts of hip. That, Robert, that's like okay. cool. Yeah, yeah it would be is. cool. Be a cool college. That's it. That's it. Exactly. They have they have uh, taken the government's money, but at the price of not putting their uh, religion on their sleeve is the way it has eventually turned out. There has been internal pressure in order to maintain. Um, a high standing for faculty members and so forth to uh, to downplay those things which which secular uh, academic uh, rating agencies or clubs or whatever you want to call them which they consider to be important. In other words, you can't get into the club 
if you if you if you really think there was a flood, you know, right. you just can't do it. You mention it that the faculty lounge, and you you will not get tenure. That's that's a not maybe an extreme case, although I'm not sure that it really is an extreme case. So that you have this double-barreled uh, situation where where in order to to be appeal to the world more. The, the fundamentals of, uh, of Catholicism are just not taught. And secondly, the secular side of it, to keep the people that they hire on their faculties able to publish and able to be comfortable in other academic uh, circumstances, uh, they put a lot of pressure on to get the result. Well, I'll tell you what, we're gonna, this is where I love to end. I love to end on a dour and sour note, right? And we end with a dismal situation where obviously it looks like we have no hope. But we do have hope, right, Laurie? We do. And so we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, that hope for our, um, our Catholic colleges and university. Before we do that, I do want to remind people at home uh, that uh, we have a wonderful website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. I also want to uh, have as many of you who would like to do it, send me an email because I love hearing from you guys uh, and that's deacon jeff at the catholic cafe.com and so we will continue uh, right after this we're going to have recess because we're talking about school we're going to have recess and we're going to come back and we're going to learn some more be right back i'm bester zimski and this is another great moment in church history generation, certain individuals stand out as brilliant teachers of the faith. 19th century England produced one such shining star, Blessed John Henry Cardinal Newman, one of the most brilliant Catholic writers and educators of modern time. On February 21, 1803, John Henry Newman was born to banker John Newman of London. As one of six children, young John Newman was well-educated and known as a voracious reader of novels. By age 15, Newman had a conversion experience, straying from his Anglican faith and becoming an evangelical Calvinist with strong anti-Catholic leanings. Throughout his life, he would always acknowledge his gratitude for this conversion experience and saw it as pivotal to the salvation of his soul. But he grew over time to see that the evangelical Christianity, with its emphasis on salvation by faith alone, was, as he put it, a Trojan horse for undogmatic religious individualism that must inevitably lead to subjectivism. Newman came back to his childhood Anglican faith, seeing the great need for the hierarchical church as a body to protect and transmit the faith through the generations. While teaching at Oxford University, John Newman was an integral founder of the Oxford Movement, a group of high church Anglicans that sought to restore to the Church of England several aspects of Christian tradition and liturgy that had been lost. The Oxford Movement published a series of tracts that gradually became more and more Catholic in tone and theology. Ultimately, John Newman converted to Catholicism and continued to write several eloquent defenses of the Catholic faith. His writings and the Oxford movement with which he was intimately involved were responsible for the conversion of hundreds of people to the Catholic faith. John Newman was ordained a Catholic priest in February 1846. In 1854, he was sent to Ireland to serve as rector for the newly established Catholic University of Ireland. While in Ireland, Father Newman published a series of lectures on the idea of a university, wherein he argued that the university should be dedicated to the search and transmission of all truth, 
including the fundamental truths revealed by Christ through His Church. Blessed John Newman serves as patron for the Newman Centers of Catholic College Students established at universities across America. I'm Bess Rozimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the French Catholic Cafe. Uh, Lori McCarty is here with us. And, and Lori, we're still talking about all, all things Catholic schools. Lori, tell us a little bit about We've mentioned several times the Cardinal Newman Society. Uh, tell us a little bit about, about that organization and what you guys have, have, have built up and have done. It started as the, uh, the brainchild of, of a very stubborn and very able young man after he graduated uh, from college by the name of Patrick Riley, who still is the operating officer and the president of the Cardinal Newman Society about 16 years ago. Uh, he was uh, a product of higher Catholic education and was utterly disgusted by what he saw. He didn't come from a particularly... Uh, intense Catholic background. This was really just based on the, the, ju- the judgments that he made uh, while he was there. And so he started putting out online uh, a little of, uh, kind of a, what, what we call it, a home, a home page, just stating some of the things that were going on. Like every other kid in the world, they're yeah. building a website. Exactly. He did that, <laughs> and it caught on. And it became something that uh, many people realized they were looking for because just uh, uh, the very fact that somebody was holding a banner up, people started to gather around it. So one thing led to another, and uh, over a long period of time, we were able to attract uh, people who would contribute money to keep us going, not large amounts, but a steady stream from a large number of people of small amounts of money, like is frequently what you find in successful organizations. And basically, these people were just supporting what they thought was a a need to to just look into right. what's, what's going on in our colleges and universities that call themselves Catholic. Nearly every one of them, uh, Deacon Jeff, already knew this. It just was astonished to find somebody had actually written it down. And they said, well, I understand that that's going on here, where my old college was and so forth. So um, over time, uh, publications were put out. And then probably the thing that launched us uh, you know, uh, out into uh, out of space was the Catholic uh, Directory, the Cardinal Newman Directory of Catholic Colleges, where we have evaluated, I think it's 216 Catholic colleges in the United States. And today I'd say we might find 25 of them that actually do present the Catholic faith and a decent education to, to people. Now, they're not... Unfortunately, they're not the ones that you and I have heard of. They're not the ones that have big football teams or big reputations or huge endowments, but they're smaller schools that actually are doing the uh, the job that Catholic education well, we should, should do. We should stop there for just a second, because as a parent myself, and I've got kids who are uh, of college age and, and several more that will be attending, God willing, some university, and, you know, as a parent, I hear that, and, and I'm, I'm thinking, well, hold on, did you, did you misspeak? It sounds like that just a few more than 10% of all of our, our colleges are really sort of meeting muster when it comes to uh, being essentially Catholic. Unfortunately, that would have to be the, the hard rock judgment that I would make about the situation today. However, it is, uh, it's, not, it's not static. Um, I think, thanks to some of the work that the Newman Society has done, and also I think uh, there's a signs that the, the Holy Spirit is working in our Catholic uh, p- population generally is a recognition of, that we need a return to, I won't 
orthodoxy is such a strong word, but a return to basic Catholicism. And then, and when people don't find it, they're making a noise about it now. So that we have seen examples of colleges uh, that have said to us, well, why, why weren't we in your directory the first time around, coming out with the second edition shortly? And the answer was either you had some really purple patch of a problem, <laughs> and, we, and so we couldn't do it, or in one very famous case, uh, you didn't cooperate with us, uh, but we listed you anyway. And uh, can I have a little sidebar on that, Deacon? turns out that the president was very, very nervous about, about having it done at all. He was a very solid guy. Then he looked over his incoming freshmen, and I think he found 13 to 20 people who came there because of the list, listing in the Cardinal Newman Society, Directory of Catholic Colleges. Well, I'm sure he was a fan at that. Uh, uh, he has now, well, as a matter of fact, he's become our biggest fan. There isn't anything that he wouldn't do for us, and he's a big uh, p- promoter of the Cardinal Newman Society. And also, I'm sure, when they sit down over a, uh, you know, a, a glass of wine or something after the ca- college presidents get together, he's preaching this line to others. And we are finding that there is a real... A movement in the direction of well, let's let's get back to being the Catholics that we're supposed yeah, to. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of people don't realize that we've got this beautiful gift presented to us by our former Holy Father John Paul II, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and anybody now, right, can get this, look at it, and start saying, well, wait a second. This is not what this particular school is teaching. And I think even in those situations where you've got the maybe some bad leadership, as long as the people have the truth and they and they come forward and Again, if they don't support that school, that school's going to necessarily have to do something different, or yes. it's not going to survive. I think that's absolutely true. And you know, it's, I, I think these great universities are, are very much like restaurants. They don't have to have a, much of a loss in terms of income in order to be really squeezed. They, 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 you might think they have all the money in the world, but they need to have their regular complement of students coming in every year. And even the, the, the slightest, say a 10% decline, would get their attention. And if that attention was being you know, urged on them by people who wanted to see a return to what would be more appropriate, uh, they could do it. Let me just add one thing. I was on a pilgrimage a few years ago. There was a young woman on the pilgrimage who was a dentist. And uh, she practiced with her father. And she had gone to uh, a very large and very prominent Catholic colleges, college in the, uh, in the Northeast. And she had got a degree in theology, degree in theology. She never studied Aquinas. She never read Augustine. She never read Newman. She didn't know who these people were. And if you look into situations in any college that you may be thinking about going to and you see that cropping up in the theology department or uh, in the ethics department if they have it, or if you see a toleration for such uh, reprehensible things as the uh, vagina monologues, that that filthy production, which so many Catholic colleges seem to think, we have to have this. Right, to balance things out and to present uh, the other side or or whatever. Yes, the the other side that they wouldn't shake hands with, but they're going to put it out before their students on some sort of play. You understand what I'm saying. If you can't find that out by a reasonable inquiry, you're not really doing right by your children. Lori, can you tell us what, as a parent, should I look for specifically in a college? What are the signs, or what do you all use to evaluate what colleges are presenting a very strong Catholic faith? Well, the, the, first, thing, uh, the first thing, Rob, would be the absence of any um, visible uh, denigration of the Catholic Church, of the, of, uh, of the Pope, of the traditional uh, teachings of the Catholic Church. And the, the, uh, the complementary part of that would be the, the toleration of people who 
who uh, like to get headlines uh, for uh, homosexual uh, rights, uh, for women's clergy, um, for... Well, those are probably the principal ones right now. So that's what you're seeing, though, uh, in, a, in a school where you're thinking, well, maybe this is not the place exactly. but you for should junior. Look, you sh- if you want to do, your, I would think, the easiest job, look there first. If, and then if you've checked those things off and they're all awful, then you would look to find a co- college that's been around for a while, I think, uh, where there's, there's no question that the, all the faculty are, uh, are willing, to, in, at least in theology, take the, uh, the oath required by Ex Cordia Ecclesiae. That the uh, the president or uh, of the college is forthright in uh, in his public statements about where he stands and where our college stands. Uh, where if you visit there, you talk to the the students and they're happy and uh, and and uh, delightful people, which <laughs> invariably they are. You would think the way the the the, uh, the secular Catholics talk that you, this would be the most cramped and weasened up group that, uh, in the whole world. It's just the opposite. They're the happiest kids you'd ever want to see. If you if you found that to be true, uh, then I think you can you can uh, ask uh, what specifically is being taught in theology. If everyone has a a uh, uh, and mandatum on, under Ecclesia, Ecclesia, you know it's going to be okay. And then look at the morals and ethics teaching. And, and uh, are they really teaching um, literature that is not based on deconstructionism? Which basically, right. you know what deconstructionism is? You deconstruct it to a false apart and you throw it away. But you can also look at who the professors are, and, and they've all published works, and you can sometimes just go and glance at those. Uh, that's The Internet's a wonderful tool to do something like Very that. Very true. That's implied in what I was, what I was right. saying. I'm glad you brought that out. That's certainly anything that's published, is, is you could quickly find out if, it's, if, they, if a school is tolerating good stuff. And when, and when you visit to... and you talk to the kids, you find out, you know, is that university making frequent opportunities for confession, for uh, for holy mass, for uh, perpetual adoration and adoration chapels and whatnot? If those are present, that's also a good thing. You may find the f- the first three, uh, in my experience, in lots of places that might not be uh, something that you'd want to send your kids to, but you won't find adoration. If you find a, a, a college or ah. university that promotes adoration, by the way, the Newman Society has a whole section of our work that promotes adoration on college campuses. And I think it's the same with Catholic parishes. In my observation, those parishes where you have uh, adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, either perpetually or regularly during the week, seem to be happier and more, more effective, and that's maybe a subjective judgment by me. I don't think it's subjective. I think you could look for that. Uh, Laurie McCarty, we thank you so much for sharing these uh, wonderful insights. I hope that anyone who's uh, getting ready to send their, pack their kid off to college, uh, especially a Catholic college, would find uh, that y- your work with the Cardinal Newman Society and some of your experiences, some of your words of wisdom here, would help them in, in forming that uh, decision on where their kids are going to go to school. If I've been helpful in that way, I, I thank God for it. Well, thank you for joining us here at the Catholic Cafe, and we're going to go ahead and close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, you have always loved us and have always desired that we should come to know you better. Bless, we beg you, our Catholic schools, that they may remain faithful to the truths you have revealed and be a beacon of hope for the church of the future. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe. 
there's always room for one more at our table. 